Hello and welcome to Mr. President from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this world, it isn't enough to do a good job all by yourself. You have to be willing to let the other fellow do a good one, too. Mr. President, starring Edward Arnold and written by Gene Holloway. Mr. President, at home in the White House, the elected leader of our people, our fellow citizen and neighbor, these are little-known stories of the men who've lived in the White House, dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True human stories of Mr. President. We bring you Edward Arnold as Mr. President in just a moment, but first a word or two. Rarely before in the history of our country has the office of the presidency been of such vital importance as it is today. As you know, the Constitution is very specific about the powers and duties of the president, making him somewhat subject to the will of Congress in domestic matters, but almost entirely on his own in our dealings with other nations. Our foreign relations are vital to every one of us, and the president is our personal representative in such matters. Into this important picture enter the Mr. President's stories, telling in warm human terms of the adventures, the troubles, the joys of the men who have held the nation's highest office. You, our listeners, have the added thrill of testing your historical knowledge when you try to identify the president of each story. Now, let's listen to Mr. President and see if you can name the president upon whom this episode is based. Here's a story that happened in Washington a few years ago. Listen closely and see if you can tell who the president was. The president was new in office, and there was a lot to do. Some more coffee, Mr. President. No, no, thank you, my dear. I, um, I could use another slice of ham, though. Oh, now, Mr. President, you know you're not supposed to have ham at all. You're on a diet. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm just watching my diet. The doctor said... Oh, sure, the doctor's just an alarmist. All doctors are alarmists. If they had they that way, no, no, no one would ever get anything to eat. Now, ring for another piece of that ham. I'm hungry. There isn't any more ham. Oh, now, that's just plain silly, and you know it. Of course there's more ham. There's always more ham. Now, ring for it. Hmm? All right. Yes, ma'am? <clears throat> I'd like another piece of ham. There is no more ham, Mr. President. No more ham? No, sir. Well, then bring me some more muffins. Uh, There's no more muffins. No more muffins in that whole kitchen? No, sir. Why not? 
because we is on a diet. We? Everyone in the White House? My dear, how on earth can you run an establishment like that? Well, most people eat too much fattening things anyhow. A little self-discipline will make us all healthier. Well, so will a little food. <laughs> you know, I'm a working man. I've got to have sustenance for the inner man. Oh, you get plenty of sustenance for one inner man. There's no need for you to feed two. You're going to starve me to death. An army travels on a stomach, you know. But you're not an army, dear. You're just one man. Billy, what is there in the kitchen? There's some black coffee, Mr. President, and some raw apples. What else? That's all. That's all? Well, what are we going to have for lunch? Oh, I don't know, sir. That's locked up. Locked up? Why is it locked up? So you can't get into it before lunchtime. Oh, Billy, bring the President one of those raw apples. I don't want a raw apple. I want some more ham and eggs. Cancel the raw apple, Billy. Yes, ma'am. Well, a raw apple is better than nothing. Oh, all right. Bring him the apple, Billy. Yes, ma'am. But it isn't much better. Cancel the apple, Billy. Yes, ma'am. No, 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 no. Bring me the confounded thing. It wouldn't do anything more than just keep the doctor away. It'll help. Yes, sir. I certainly never thought I'd see the day when you tried to starve me to death. Particularly when I was carrying the responsibility of the country on my shoulders. Well, you're not carrying them on your stomach. <clears throat> Where's the boy? He hasn't been down for his breakfast. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't want his breakfast. Oh, shame on you. <laughs> Would you take the food of a growing boy? <laughs> I am a kid, aren't I? <laughs> no. But sometimes I think you don't act one bit older than he does. Oh, nonsense. <laughs> I certainly don't act like any child. Oh! Good heavens, what on earth is that? It sounds like the house is falling down. Good morning, Mother. Good morning, Father. Did you hear all that noise, son? Noise? What noise? Why, the, the noise in the hall just now. Was there a noise in the hall just now? Have you suddenly become hard of hearing, sir? I don't think so, well, sir. Then you must have heard the noise in the hall. You couldn't have meant me coming down the staircase on a tin tray, could you? Hmm? You doing what? I borrowed one of the tin trays from the kitchen, and I sit on it and slide down the stairs. It's a fine idea. It well, saves walking downstairs. Well, I'll be... You might have broken your neck. No, it's just like riding a sled. You might have broken the staircase. How could I? Well, I'm sure I don't know, but if there was any way at all to do it, I'm sure you'd find the way. Now, don't do it again. No, sir. Here is your apple, Mr. President. Thank you. And here's your breakfast, Master Charles. Oh, son, uh, do you intend to eat all that ham? Yes, sir, I'm hungry. Oh, you are, are you? Uh, well, uh, are, you, are you going to let him eat all that meat, my dear? It's only a very small portion. Now, you eat your apple and never mind Charlie's breakfast. Oh. Father, is it true you're getting a new secretary? Yes, everyone in the cabinet seems to feel that another man is needed. What's going to happen to Mr. Wilkins? Oh, nothing at all. He'll still be my personal stenographer. Tell me, how's that ham? It's all right. How's your apple? It tastes just like an apple. <laughs> My dear, I don't like to rush you, but shouldn't you be getting into your office? Mm, yes, yes, I'm, I suppose I'd better get there as soon as possible and interview the new secretary. Now, son, you'll be a good boy and don't get in any trouble today. All right, Father, you too. What? No, no, no. Now he's beginning to treat me like I'm his age. I don't blame him. After the way you've been carrying on about that food. Now, see here, kindly remember that you are addressing the President of the United States, a man of dignity and standing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Father, I don't want to be a tattletale, but I think Father has a box of chocolates ditched in his room. I saw him go into his closet and climb up on a chair and reach way back for something. And when he came out, he was chewing. Well, we'll go and see. Oh, no! Oh, what was that? Unless I very much miss my guest, there goes the President of the United States, a man of dignity and standing. Come on, son, let's go and see. Hello. Were you riding down the stairs on that tin tray? <laughs> oh, I, I just thought I'd see what it was like. <laughs> How was it? <laughs> oh, not bad. Uh, you were right, my dear. Sometimes I do act as age. You know, I'd like to change, but I'm afraid I can't. Darling, I wouldn't change a thing in the world about you. You wouldn't? <laughs> then I think I'll ride down on the crate tray again. <laughs> I've just got time enough to make another trip before I interview the secretary. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Carter? Yes, Mr. President? Uh, you have come to me very highly recommended, and of course I'm well aware of your background. Well, thank you, Mr. President. I've been told that you're desirous of obtaining someone who's capable of organizing and setting up a routine here at the White House. Yes, that's just about it. Well, I think I could uh, fill such a position satisfactorily. And I should very much like to be given an opportunity to do so. Well, how soon can you start, Mr. Carter? I could uh, start at once, Mr. President. Very well, then. Consider yourself hired. I may start organizing matters immediately? Yes, yes. Go right ahead and organize to your heart's content. In the meantime, since there aren't any affairs of state to be taken up, I'm going out and get in a few holes of golf. You know, my wife thinks I'm too fat. Well, you go right ahead, Mr. President. I'll interview the various members of your staff and start getting things in order for you. Wilkins? Yes, sir. You, um... Let me see here. You're the president's private stenographer. Yes, sir. The president will no longer require a private stenographer. I'll dictate a letter of resignation for you and you can sign it. Well, but, but I, I've been with the president for years. Long before he was elected to office, I worked for him. I have told you that the president no longer requires your services. Now, that should finish the matter. But if the president no longer requires my services, then I, I think it's up to him to tell me. I am taking charge of those things for him now. You kindly take down this letter that I'll dictate. No, Mr. Carter, I won't. Not until I see the president. Suit yourself. I'm afraid you'll wait a long time before you see the president, Mr. Wilkins. Uh, Mr. Carter. Yes? You are Mr. Carter, aren't you? I don't believe we've met. I'm the president's wife. I'm honored, madam. I want to enlist your help. The president's doctor has said that he must be kept on a very strict diet. Will you be going with him on the trip to Ohio next week? I imagine so. Well, I won't be able to leave at this time. You'll have to keep a very close watch over him on the train. The minute he gets on the train, he starts getting hungry. I'll take care of that. I'll see that there isn't even a diner on the train to Ohio. Oh, that's a wonderful idea. Now, don't let him wheedle you into changing your mind. He can be most persuasive when he tries. Oh, where is he now? He said he was going out to get in a few holes of golf because you thought he was too fat. Oh, dear. That means he'll be starved at dinner. Oh. My word. Hello. Little boy, put that tray away and don't ever let me catch you doing anything like that again. Huh? 
And don't say, hmm, when you're addressed. Say, yes, sir. Now, give me that tray. I'll have it put in its proper place. The president's son must be a little gentleman and a perfect example to every other young man in the country. Riding down the banisters on tin trays and feet. Who's he? Well, that's your father's new secretary. Oh, can you have people beheaded anymore? Not in this country. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, your father needs people like that, son. He's president of the United States, and everything must be efficiently managed, including him. Well, well, where is everyone? Oh, we're right here, my dear. Did you have a good game? I certainly did. I feel like a million dollars. What's the matter with you, son? Your chin's dropping down to your bootstraps. Nothing except I don't ever want to be president. What's the matter with him? Well, he's just found out that he has to be an example to all the other youngsters in the nation. Who told him? The new secretary. Ah, he's a smart man. I think he's going to be all right. Yes, I guess he is. You sound doubtful. Well, I, I know we've got to place a high premium on efficiency, but it's possible to carry even that too far. After all, little boys are little boys. There's no use expecting them to behave like anything else. Mm, that's right. <laughs> and you know something? <laughs> You're hungry. Now, how did you know? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it just suddenly came to me like a blinding flash of light. I'll get you an apple. I don't want an apple. <laughs> I want a filet mignon. Well, I'll get you an apple and you can pretend it's a filet mignon. What good is it being the president of the United States if I can't even have what I want to eat? You've got to be an example to people. I've only had this office a few days and already it's beginning to seem more like a prison all the time. Oh, well. Next week, I'm going to Ohio, and then I'll get something to eat. Don't you worry. The people in Ohio will feed me. You know, Mr. Carter, I'm hungry. Well, you had a perfectly enormous dinner, Mr. President. You couldn't possibly be hungry. Well, I am. Let's go to the diner. I'm afraid there isn't a diner on the train, Mr. President. Isn't any diner? Well, it's ridiculous. Of course there's a diner. There's always a diner. Conductor? Conductor? Yes, Mr. President? Which way is the diner? There uh, won't be any diner on the train until morning, Mr. President. What do you mean there won't be any diner on the train until morning? There's always a diner on the train. Well, there always has been, sir, but uh, when Mr. Carter's instructions came through, we took it off. Carter, did you have the diner taken off? Yes, Mr. President. Your doctor said that you were not to eat between meals. Oh, hang my doctor and hang you too, Carter. Conductor, hang it all. I want a diner put on this train immediately. Where's the first place it could be put on? Why, uh, Harrisburg, Mr. President. Very well, put a diner on at Harrisburg and be sure it's well stocked with filet mignons. Well, yes, sir, but it's uh, late and what do we tell them at Harrisburg? You tell the people of Harrisburg that the President of the United States is hungry. <laughs> Get me a diner as fast as possible. Yes, Mr. President. In just a moment, we'll come back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. Our country has a tremendous job to be done. The scope and the seriousness of our commitments throughout the world cannot be too strongly stressed. The problem of securing and maintaining peace throughout the world is a job for all of us and especially for you young men. All of America will pull together, as it always does in an emergency, but it remains for you to carry the ball for peace. 
Servicemen occupy a respected place in our society. They are the men we look up to for their skills and knowledge. They are members of compact, carefully chosen, and well-trained forces of skilled technicians, and as such are respected for their brains and ability. If you are a young man of ability and integrity, go to your nearest recruiting office to see if you are eligible to volunteer. Inquire about the many opportunities and special advantages open to you as a volunteer. Remember, America's future depends on you. Now back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. Well, have you guessed who the president was when all this happened? It really did happen in Washington just a few years ago. Yes, the president of the United States was having his troubles. Get on the scales, dear. Hmm? Oh, no, I, I don't think it's, it's really necessary. I drank a lot of water on the train, so I'm bound to weigh a little bit heavy. Mr. President, on the scales. <clears throat> I may tell the United States Marines on you. On the scales, Mr. President. Oh, all right. I did not. You put on exactly five pounds. Oh, I couldn't have put on five pounds. Open your eyes and take a look at the scales. He's afraid to. I am not afraid to. Then open your eyes. Well, there it is. See for yourself. Hmm? No, there's something wrong with that scale. My weight hasn't changed any on it. Neither has mine. Well, I didn't gain any weight in Ohio, and that's that. I don't want to hear any more about it. Well, don't worry about it, dear. With a little discipline, we can get the five pounds off in no time at all. Oh, uh, incidentally... I was driving down by Potomac Park while you were gone, and something really should be done about it. And I got to thinking. You know those wonderful little cherry trees we saw in Japan? Mm, yes, yes, they were beautiful. Well, I I'd like to get a hundred of them and plant them down between the polo field and the tidal basin. Could we do that? Oh, I think we could. I'll contact the, the Japanese ambassador and see what can be done. I don't like the secretary. Well, the new secretary? Why not? Well... He's acting like he's president of the United States. Well, my son, he has a job to do, and as long as he does it well, it isn't up to us to criticize him. Say, where's Mr. Wilkins? I, I haven't seen him around the past few days. Well, I haven't seen him either. Uh, I wonder if Mr. Carter has seen him. I'll, I'll ask him. Good afternoon, Billy. Is the president in? I'm sorry, Mr. Wilkins. I'm afraid the president is busy this afternoon. I see. In other words, I'm not to be admitted, is that it? All right, Billy, I understand. You've been given your orders. But just tell me one thing. Did this order come from the president? No, sir, it didn't. That's all I wanted to know, Billy. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Say, Mr. Carter, I haven't seen Mr. Wilkins since I came back from Ohio. Have you noticed him around? I believe he's thinking of resigning, Mr. President. Resigning? Why? Well, he's getting along in years. Probably that has something to do with it. And uh, in any case, anything you need in the way of stenography, I can have taken care of for you. Oh, I hope Wilkins isn't leaving. We've been together a long time. But if he's no longer able to do his job... Well, of course, that decision must be up to him. If he isn't well, I don't want him to try to work just for my sake. I've sent your message about the cherry trees over to the Japanese ambassador, Mr. President. Oh, thank you, Mr. Garland. It's strange that Wilkins never told me he wasn't well. It's strange. Mm -hmm. 
Senator, I've come to you in desperation. I've tried every way I know to get in to see the president, but I just can't manage it. Mr. Carter won't let me get anywhere near him in the office, and when I tried to see him at the White House, I was refused admission there. That is the most outrageous piece of effrontery I've ever heard of in my whole life. What is Mr. Carter trying to do? Set up an empire with himself as emperor? You come with me. I'll get you in to see the president. But Carter won't let me in the office. Oh, yes, he will. You're walking into that office under the protection of the United States Senate. I'm afraid the president is busy today, Senator. Uh, look here, Carter. I don't know what your game is, but whatever it is, I don't like it. I'm going in to see the president. And I'm going to see him right now. And what's more, Mr. Wilkins is going in with me. I've told you the president is busy. And I've told you that we're going in to see him whether he's busy or not. What's all this noise? What's all the noise? Mr. President, are you too busy to give Mr. Wilkins and me a moment of your time? Why, of course not. Come on in. Come on, Wilkins. Well, tell me, how do you feel, Mr. Wilkins? I understand you're not feeling too well. Why, my health is quite excellent, Mr. President. Your health is excellent? Well, I was told you were thinking of leaving me because of your health. I wasn't thinking of leaving you at all until Mr. Carter asked me to resign. Carter asked you to resign? Yes, sir. For what reason? He said I wasn't needed anymore. Now, of course, if that's true, Mr. President, if I'm not needed, that's perfectly all right. But I, I wanted to hear it from you. Why, of course you're needed. Well, this is the most ridiculous thing I ever heard of yet. Why on earth... Would Carter say a thing like that? I had a feeling you didn't know anything about this, Mr. President. Well, I certainly did not. As soon as you go, I'm going to have a little talk with Mr. Carter. I should have known when he had that diner removed from the train that he couldn't be trusted. <laughs> Wilkins, you have a job with me as long as you want one. Oh, thank you, Mr. President. If that's the case, I'm going to be with you for a long time. Yes, sir. I'm going to have a little chat with Mr. Carter. I've been thinking things over very carefully, and I've come to the conclusion that you and I can't both be president of the United States. Sir? So, since I was the one who was elected president, I'm afraid I'm in a position where I'm just going to have to let you go. I'm sorry that you don't find my services satisfactory, Mr. President. Carter, in this world, it isn't enough to do a good job all by yourself. You have to be willing to let the other fellow do a good one, too. You let me go, but you'd keep a man like Wilkins. Yes, indeed. I'd be very glad to have him. He's been a loyal friend and a very hard worker. He could be far more efficient. So could we all, Mr. Carter. So could we all. It seems to me that even efficiency has to have a little heart associated with it. a cake I see coming in the door? Sure, it's a cake, Father. We're celebrating. We are? Am I celebrating, too? You certainly are, dear. I'm going to cut you a piece of cake and let you wear it in health. <laughs> My favorite brand, too. Chocolate. Oh, oh, oh. 
And what are we celebrating? We're celebrating Mr. Carter. We're celebrating the absence of efficiency. Well, I'll certainly eat a piece of cake to that. <laughs> but don't make me get on the scale tomorrow. <laughs> I won't, darling. I won't say a word because... And I must say, I seem to share the opinion with everyone else in the country. I love every pound of you, Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Madam President, for those lovely words. And thanks to everyone in the country who shares your sentiment. <laughs> oh, I love them all. I love them all. <laughs> well, you've probably figured out by now who the president was when all that happened. It really did happen, you know. And you'll have the answer in just a moment. There's an old saying that you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Well, unfortunately, many people do judge their reading matter that way and are often disappointed. They miss out on books that they'd really enjoy reading. This holds true when it comes to judging people, too. Many of us evaluate a person by their looks or judge them on the basis of their religion or origin. Of course, people who do this often hurt themselves for the person they have judged with prejudice might have turned out to be a good friend and neighbor. That's why we should judge our neighbors by the character of their lives alone and not on the basis of their religion or race. Group antagonisms divide our country, so speak up wherever you are against prejudice and for understanding. Now, back to Mr. President. My dear, this is Dr. Yakichi Takamini, one of Tokyo's most distinguished gentlemen who has a presentation to make to you. I'm very happy to meet you, Doctor. Mr. President, Madam President, on behalf of the mayor of Tokyo, is my pleasure and my privilege to present you with 3,000 flowering cherry trees, which you have done us the favor to indicate you would like planted in the park here in Washington. May their flowering each spring remind your people that they are there because they were so greatly admired in Japan by President and Mrs. William Howard Taft. Now, as a special postscript to today's Mr. President, we present Mr. Raphael H. O'Malley, Director of Payroll Savings, United States Savings Bonds Division, United States Treasury Department. Mr. O'Malley. Since the early years of the last war, the Treasury Department has been making extensive efforts to acquaint the American people with the desirability of buying United States savings bonds. This campaign was good business for the American wage earner because by urging him to invest in his government, we urged him at the same time to ensure financial independence for himself and family in the future. It should be expected, then, that the government would be grateful to any private citizen who offered his time and services in behalf of the bond-selling campaign. A great many have contributed in this way, to a greater or lesser degree, and in no case has a volunteer's services gone unnoticed. Yet there are a few who deserve special attention because they have contributed so extensively and at such great length. High among these people is Edward Arnold. Ever since 1941, when the savings bond program was first started, Mr. Arnold has been contributing his time and talent as a volunteer to promote our campaign more effectively. 
He has appeared for us all over the country, from east to west coast, speaking at industrial plants to both management and employees, and missing no opportunities to urge financial support of our government from his fellow Americans. His efforts have shown a very deep feeling of public service. Mr. Arnold, in recognition of your services to the United States, it gives me very great pleasure as a representative of the Treasury Department to present you with this miniature Liberty Bell with inscribed plaque. We consider you to be in the first rank of our volunteer workers. I can only add that we would like to have many, many more volunteer workers with the same high sense of public responsibility which you have shown through the years. Mr. Mr. O'Malley, I can only thank you and your associates of the Treasury Department for this fine gesture. In the words of the late President William Howard Taft, in this world, it isn't enough to do a good job all by yourself. You have to be willing to let the other fellow do a good one, too. So, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to listen again next week. This is Edward Arnold saying goodbye. Mr. President is produced and directed by Joe Graham. Edward Arnold can currently be seen in the MGM picture, Annie, Get Your Gun. Heard with Mr. Arnold in today's cast were Ann Seymour, Carl Swenson, Eric Dressler, Kermit Murdoch, David Anderson, and your narrator, Jackson Beck. Mr. President was created by Robert G. Jennings and written by Gene Holloway. Today's story was based on incidents in the life of President William Howard Taft. Be sure to listen again next week when the American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations bring you Edward Arnold with another interesting and factual story of Mr. President. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. <laughs>